I got a bad feeling about this. Same here, but... I'm one with the force, the force is with me. Hey fam, welcome to another episode of LM2 Talks. As always, I'm your host, Larry. I'm sorry that this episode has taken so long to come out. Over the last couple of weeks, I just had a lot of stuff going on at work, outside of work, in my personal life, and it really kind of delayed me in getting this recorded, but I'm hoping that this is the last time you're going to have a, a break that that's long, and I'm going to try to get back onto my normal schedule, which really hasn't been that normal uh, starting out. Um, I know there were a lot of episodes that came out in quick succession, and thank you all who have been listening and downloading and commenting and giving feedback. I really want to get myself back onto a schedule where I'm putting out one of these a week or, or as close to as possible, and hopefully this will be the first step in that direction. So at the time that you're listening to this, or the time that I'm recording this, I should say, it's about halfway through June, and... Towards the end of May, we had a new Star Wars movie come out. Um, it was Solo, A Star Wars Story, a new sort of prequel spinoff movie featuring the adventures of a young Han Solo as he meets Chewbacca, Lando, and has adventures around the galaxy, gets his ship, the Millennium Falcon, and, and really kind of establishes himself in the galaxy. And that movie kind of had a lukewarm reception and it got me thinking why don't i talk about star wars why don't i talk a little bit about what i like about star wars what i don't like about star wars and some things that i think they can change but then i also thought well i haven't really done this before and i know the new trilogy of movies hasn't finished yet but why don't i take a stab at giving my rankings of the star wars movies i know that's like kicking a hornet's nest but i'm really interested in kind of thinking through where i would rank these movies and and how i kind of look at them which ones do i like the most which ones do i like the least what are the good things about them what are the bad things about them but before we get into that let's really dive into what's the good the bad and the ugly of star wars so let's start with the good. One of the things that I really love about Star Wars overall is generation after generation. It's a set of stories that can inspire young people. It can inspire old people to imagine new worlds and to also kind of imagine what they can be. Uh, it gives each new generation an opportunity to see new heroes, see heroes that remind them of themselves, seeing heroes that are speaking truth to power and saving the universe. And, you know, continually, whether it's the original trilogy uh, to a lesser extent, if it's the prequel trilogy or even this new trilogy, you know, really kind of realizing that you can, in a way, come up from nothing and you can find that power in yourself to change the world around you. Of course, obviously, in the Star Wars movies, there's the Force and there are all of these other factors that kind of play into that. But I think it's always had this power to, to kind of inspire. And, and maybe a bit of that is the monomyth, you know, or the hero's journey where people can kind of relate to it. They can see, all right. I might have been one of those people that started at this, you know, kind of a lesser state and was able to build myself up and gain power and gain knowledge and 
you know, really changed my situation. And I think it's it's a story that a lot of, resonates with a lot of different people because it's something that we can all relate to, you know, wanting to see a better world. And I think that's something that's really fun about it. You know, for me, the world has always been really inventive. There's always been different ways that people could take it. And, and I think, you know, this last part of what I would say is the good is also going to kind of segue into the bad. But you know, Star Wars is a property where so many different people have different ideas of what can be going on in that universe. And we can all kind of make those happen in our own way. You know, whether it's writing a book, whether it's creating a video game, whether it's creating a comic book, whether it's a board game, whether, you know, there's so many different ways that this world can be realized and changed. And there's so many different characters that can be created that, you know, really speak to anyone's walk of life. Uh, and, and I think that's something that's really cool about it. But at the same time, that can be something that's a little bit bad about it. I mean, you know, when we talk about Star Wars, it can be really confusing for a lot of people. So there's some folks that just watch the movies and to a degree, some of that is straightforward. But there might be bits of the lore that they're missing. There might be pieces that they don't really understand because, you know, again, like I said, you have tons of movies now. You know, you not you don't just have the trilogies you don't just have the prequel the original and the new trilogy you have stuff like rogue one you have stuff like solo that's filling in the gaps you have the clone wars cartoon you have rebels you have a new live action series that's being worked on you have a new animated series that's worked on being worked on you have the online forces of destiny show you have the marvel comics you have books on books on books there's just so much lore out there that you know if you really you know, want to understand Star Wars. Yes, you can just kind of go in, go to the movies, but there's so much left unsaid in those. And they've really started to kind of take this approach, especially looking at stuff like Solo or or even the newest trilogy. There's a number of things that we just don't get in those movies in terms of character backstories or or even really understanding who some people are, or where they came from. And so we need to fill in those gaps by seeking out other media. And I feel like that's that's almost a problem because in some ways it prevents these stories from really standing alone like the original trilogy did. You know, you didn't really need to read supplemental material because everything was just kind of presented to you. And it was presented in a way where it's it was just kind of matter of fact, you know, when you go back to the original Star Wars or, or what would be eventually episode four, A New Hope, you really get to the sense of, hey, we thought about these things that could be in the world. We're going to give you a little taste of them, but we don't even know if we're ever going to really explore those things. And it's kind of up to your imagination to see what they are and, and how they work. You know, when Obi-Wan mentions the Clone Wars, you never know if that is going to be something that's realized, or at least, you know, when I was a kid, when I was watching the VHS tapes, I never thought it was going to be something that was realized. And so to be able to kind of look back and see that there making this stuff they're adding this stuff in it it now kind of gives a level of all right i i didn't play this video game how much of the story did i mess up miss out on like did it explain the battle of jakku which we see this planet in the the force awakens but i don't really know anything about it why is there a crash star destroyer there you know all of this stuff and so realistically like i think that might be a little bit of a problem there's just in a way too much star wars and at the same time you know i i feel like that idea of being too much star wars because grant there were comic books, there were cartoons, there was all of that before kind of this new trilogy, before Disney purchased the rights to Star Wars. 
but it still felt special then because you know the big cinematic pieces only happened every so often realistically we didn't know if the prequels were going to be made at a certain point and then they appeared and after the prequels were done we didn't know if we were going to get more star wars but it eventually happened so it's just kind of a different time and i don't want to imply that well maybe i do maybe i do want to imply that in a way star wars doesn't feel so much special anymore a lot of times people talk about fatigue with superhero movies star wars might be kind of edging into that territory too you know when you, you're looking at a point we're at a point in time where in less than a year's period we've seen two star wars movies you know over the last few years four star wars movies have come out you know you have the force awakens you have rogue one you have the last jedi and you have solo and it's just like that's a lot of star wars all at once and also during that time you've had the rebels tv series you've had two battlefront games you know there's just a lot going on and and you know again not even to count all of the books and comic books that have been released it is a lot and it's exhausting and on top of that you know this move to throwing out a lot of the old stories that people really loved uh, in favor of kind of consolidating the lore. Yes, it's great. It's great having a story group that's deciding what the real Star Wars canon is. But at the same time, it, it, it kind of leaves people in a state where maybe they haven't been reading all the new stuff. Maybe they haven't been paying attention to all these things. And they're sitting there thinking, well, you know, this is how we got the Death Star plans because I played Dark Forces. And I know Kyle Katarn was an ex, you know, Empire agent who decided to, you know, who helped the Rebel Alliance infiltrate and get the plans for the Death Star. And then I'm watching Rogue One and I'm like, oh no, Kyle's not there. He's not a part of this anymore. So it's just one of those things that can be quite confusing for people that may not be in touch with every touch point of Star Wars. Again, like I know that sounds like a really nerdy nitpick, but I think it was handled in such a way that it kind of takes for granted that everybody pays attention to what they're announcing. Moving away from that, the ugly would be those super fans. Um, so one of the things that happened recently is it came out that Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico in the latest, uh, you know, tr trilogy film, the Last Jedi was driven off of Instagram because of a lot of racist commentary that she was getting and, and kind of hate speech, Re really, really nasty stuff. And I'm not going to go super in depth into kind of what was going on there. One of my former students, Dom Nero, wrote a really great piece for Esquire that explores what was going on there and how a lot of those fans who said some of those hateful things really don't understand and don't love Star Wars the way that they think they do if they would even engage in that behavior. Uh, and I'll link that in the show notes. But, you know, I think it's one of those things that really bothers me a lot. You know, I love I I've written a piece about this. And it's on my blog. And, and I've always struggled with kind of that identity of being a nerd or being a, in, in any sort of fandom. And a lot of it is because of this toxicity. You know, I get it. You know, you love these properties, but if you really love them, why would you attack somebody who is an actor in one of these things? You know, if you have a real problem, have a problem with the director, have a problem with the writer. They're the ones who created this world. It's not the actor's fault that you didn't like this storyline or you didn't like this character. And even if you don't like that stuff, it doesn't mean that you should attack someone for it because that stuff in the grand scheme of things really is not that important. You know, these aren't life or death things. This is a movie. 
you know, it is a it's a franchise of films. It's a franchise of video games and books and stuff like that. It is ultimately not that important. Even though I love it, even though I, I, you know, spend so much of my time engaged in Star Wars content, and even if I may not read all the books or comics, I'm always watching YouTube videos to kind of fill me in on what's going on. It is not that serious, and we really need to get away from this toxic fan culture. And it, and it's not just Star Wars. I mean, this stuff happens everywhere. It happens in comic books. It happens with, you know, Marvel films. It happens with films in general. Toxic fandom is a really big problem. And we, we need to stop ourselves from engaging in that. Again, especially attacking, attacking actors, actresses, things like that. People who are playing characters. They're not these people. They are not. I don't know. It just it bothers me so much. And, and I really don't want to see any more of it, especially with something that I love as much as Star Wars. So let's get into ranking and I'm going to do this in reverse order. So I'm going to start with my least favorite and work my way up. I'm going to give you, you know, because I want to try to keep this as short as possible. I'm going to try to give it to you as simply as possible. And, you know, one thing that I'm going to say, this isn't necessarily the order that I would put these films in if I was just talking about how much I enjoy watching them. This is really which ones do I think are the best films overall. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. So you guessed it. Attack of the Clones is number 10 on my list. It is my least favorite Star Wars film. It is just too long. The sequ so many of the sequences in the film don't make sense. It's the least memorable. It is, you know, I have the, you know, the first six Star Wars films on Blu-ray. It is the only one that I will not even put in my Blu-ray player and watch again. You know, again, I, I have seen it multiple times, so I remember enough of it to know that I don't like it. There were just certain things that they did where they took some of the magic out of it. And, you know, realistically, and this is a problem across all of the prequel films, the CG really destroys it for me. There's this weird sheen to the world that just doesn't feel like Star Wars, which had this kind of gritty Western feel. It just didn't work for me. Anakin's the worst. Padme's the worst. I, I don't like those characters. There's too much time with them. I thought it was interesting getting to see how the clones were made, but I didn't really like what they did with Jango Fett. It felt like he was kind of wasted. The big CGI battle with all the you know monsters and clones and Jedi was kind of weak. And when I first saw it, yeah, that fight between Yoda and Dooku was phenomenal. Going back and watching it again, it does not hold up at all. Can I ask you a question, Captain Calrissian? Anything, Hen? It's Han, but that's okay. So number nine on my list is Solo. And really, I don't have a whole lot to say about this film. It was fine. It's not great. It's not awful. It was just fine. It has some fun moments, but it's ultimately not needed. I enjoyed some of the character portrayals, and I thought it was a good time. You know, I enjoyed, you know, the second time I went to see it, I saw it with my mom, and we had a good time watching it. There were some nice little Easter eggs. There were some funny moments, some fun moments. But unlike something like Rogue One, it just didn't really capture the Star Wars spirit as much as I would have liked it to. And it and it really felt kind of generic. It, 
it almost would have been better as just a regular science fiction franchise or even a new science fiction franchise film not using the Star Wars stuff and I think I probably would have liked it more because it wouldn't have been tied to Star Wars in that way that said again you know it wasn't awful I still think it's a fun movie I still think it's something that's worth watching and if you really are kind of like a Star Wars completionist I think you'll get a lot out of it even if you don't love everything that they do that's right this movie the phantom menace the first prequel when i was a kid i was so excited for this film i you know i used to be one of those kids that you know anytime i was at janeway or or you know what other kmart or whatever store we were in i would beg my parents to let me buy a star wars action figure i was that kid who was always you know when i saw the first trailer I lit up, I bought all the Star Wars figures that I could, I gathered my proofs of purchase and I sent them in, got my, you know, movie preview, um, you know, a, I got my movie preview droid figure, I got my movie preview Mace Windu figure, which was wild because he had a blue lightsaber instead of a purple lightsaber because they hadn't even decided if they were going to give him a lightsaber in any of the movies yet, I don't think. Um, you know, and there was a lot of excitement for this movie for me. And when I saw it, yeah, I was a kid. I was still excited for it. But revisiting it, you know, there's just so there's so much that I just don't like about it. There's Jar Jar Binks. Dude's racist. He's a racist caricature. Let's scrub him from existence. Like, he shouldn't exist. I don't like any of the Gungans. Yeah, again, it's just like, who thought this was okay? Who thought this was okay? And again, like, you know, what I said in Attack of the Clones, it starts here. The world is too pristine. It doesn't feel like Star Wars. You know, when you look at a movie and you're just like, all right, I've seen what 30 years into the future, or, you know, more than 30 years into the future looks like for these for this world. Why does all the technology that they have now look better than it did then? You have some really wooden performances, again, too much CG. It just doesn't work on so many levels. That said, there were some things that I really love about it. Pod racing is one of my favorite things. I'm still waiting for it to come back in one of the other Star Wars movies. I really feel, felt like they missed a great opportunity to bring it back in The Last Jedi. Um, I thought Darth Maul was awesome, even though he didn't get to say a lot. He was a great kind of menacing villain, you know, a great Phantom Menace in a sense, uh, even though that's not really what the title is about. I like the idea of introducing the Jedi Council and kind of what the Jedi Order looked like. It was it was kind of cool to see what it was. But again, it's kind of wasted when you have a bunch of guys that are sitting in chairs, which I know they tried to rectify an Attack of the Clones and they just botched it even harder. I thought Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, played by Liam Neeson, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, played by Ewan McGregor, were both great. Uh, I, that casting for them couldn't have been more perfect. And I was really sad that we only got Liam Neeson in that one movie, but I know that he could only be there for Obi-Wan's character to grow in the way that it needed to. I don't go back and watch this one often, but I do. I think it's an important film, but it's definitely towards the lower end for me. This is not going to go the way you think. So at seven is The Last Jedi. And I don't hate The Last Jedi, but it's also not one of my favorite. I think the movie has a lot of problems, especially in the writing and the direction, the pacing. Everything just takes longer to happen than it should. There's a lot of problems that 
could have been solved if characters just talked. You know, th- th- those types of things that just kind of annoying annoy you. One of the things that I do like about it a lot, though, is the idea of killing the past, uh, which is something that started in The Force Awakens. Um, I like the new Force powers or the new ways that the Force is interpreted and used in this film. I personally love the disillusionment of Luke, and I think it worked really well uh, in the context of the A-plot of the of the story, which is your Rey and Kylo um, you know, kind of trying to sway each other uh, and how Luke is kind of caught in the middle of that and how is he going to kind of rectify the situation or find a way to kind of still help the universe even though he is afraid of what he has done, of what he is kind of wrought onto the world. But yeah, I don't I don't hate it. I know a lot of people hate on the idea of Luke throwing away the lightsaber. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, he just kind of tosses his dad's lightsaber. Um, I have no problem with that. You know, I thought there was some there was some silliness that I wasn't a big fan of. Um, one of the things, probably my most the biggest complaint I have about this film is the Canto bite section. And, you know, I my real problem with it is that it's really just ham fisted storytelling. And more than that, what I felt was, you know, The Last Jedi and this new Star Wars trilogy in general is an area where we're getting a lot of representation for, you know, characters of color to be in the Star Wars universe as they were more or less absent before or, you know, so far on the periphery with the exception of maybe Lando that we we finally have this chance to have characters like Finn, uh, who's played by John Boyega and uh, Rose played by Kelly Marie Tran, who are, you know, they're, they're representing, you know, they're representing people. They're representing people that don't often see themselves in these types of super high budget science fiction films. And they're given this storyline that has a very left lean, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it was kind of obvious watching it that there were going to be some people that that don't like the stance here, that don't like what's going on. And they were kind of put in this position where if this doesn't work, they're the ones who are going to be the targets because that's how hate works. You know, people aren't going to go after the director. They're going to go after these characters that they see on screen because they see the characters as ruining Star Wars and not the actual creative control behind Star Wars that's causing those problems. So, you know, that was really my problem with it. Yeah, I didn't like the sequence that much, but I felt it was more, how did the director, how did the writer, who was the same person, Ryan Johnson, how did they fail those actors in that scenario and kind of set them up in a way where they could easily be the targets? And I know that might be unfair to him. I know, obviously, that's not what Disney or anybody wanted to happen. Um, but it was something that I definitely felt walking out of the film and it's something that I felt ever since kind of experiencing it and, and thinking about it. I can't let go of that thought. Um, and especially with the, the recent events of, of kind of this hate mob driving Kelly Marie Tran off of Instagram. I just wish they had really thought that whole section through a lot better and, and made it better so that people wouldn't hate so much, like realistically, if they had fixed that B plot, the movie I think would have been received in a much different way, as opposed to people thinking, you know, they've ruined Star Wars. If they had been able to more deftly approach the message that they were trying to send, I think more people would be on board in general. 
I have seen a, a security hologram of him killing younglings. So surprise for the sixth spot, Revenge of the Sith. For me, I think it's one of the most fun Star Wars movies. Um, even though the end is, is a bit dark, it's also a bit hokey at the same time. And, you know, there is a tinge of hope to it. But, you know, for me, it has some of the most fun lightsaber battles. Uh, I enjoyed characters like General Grievous. I enjoyed the entire opening sequence of, you know, the, the starship battle and flying into the ship and going to save Palpatine and facing off against Dooku and all of that. I thought that was really cool. I enjoyed the way it kind of laid different things into the world, gave little hints about Plagueis and, and how Palpatine kind of swayed, swayed Anakin, even though there, you know, there's some silliness like the the younglings and everything like that. Uh, and again, like I really feel like Ewan McGregor in this film more than any of the others, like really showed why he was the standout of these prequel trilogies. And, you know, when, when people say they want an Obi-Wan movie, I really think it's because of what he was able to do with Revenge of the Sith, where he was able to have some fun, you know, and, and be badass when he's facing off against Grievous. But he was also able to bring the emotional weight when he was kind of dealing with Anakin. And, you know, I think there's there's a lot of this movie that's good. Yes, there is some hokiness with Padme and, and Anakin once again, but, you know, I think Revenge gets a, a much worse rap than it really should. And I think it's a, it's a much better movie than, than some people would give it credit for being. This may surprise you, but for, yeah, we just did number six. I actually have a three-way tie, uh, which puts all of these movies at number three. And um, I know this is going to be really surprising for a lot of people, uh, kind of where these all fall, but... For the number three slot, I actually have a tie between The Force Awakens, Rogue, Rogue One, and Return of the Jedi. And I, you know, it's it's kind of hard to put into words why I put all of these kind of in the same spot. Because I think all of these are really enjoyable Star Wars films. I'm looking forward to completing your training. In time, you will call me Master. You're gravely mistaken. You won't convert me as you did my father. Oh no, my young Jedi. You will find that it is you who are mistaken about a great many things. What I would say about Return of the Jedi is while it was part of the original trilogy, it was definitely the weakest part of the original trilogy. It had some great moments, you know, seeing Luke in all black, igniting the green lightsaber and, you know, redeeming Darth Vader in the end. You know, all of that stuff is great, but you have stuff like the Ewoks and ugh, the Ewoks are awful. Like, honestly, they were literally created to sell toys and plushes and stuff like that. They're not good. And you know, there's a certain amount of bloat that Return kind of suffers from where it seemed unfocused in a number of different ways. And, you know, I just felt like overall it could have been a tighter movie. And besides that, you know, the whole idea of, all right, we've we've rebuilt the Death Star and we have to do, 
it all over again. We have to blow it up all over again. You know, it felt kind of lazy to me. Um, and it just, it was a way that I, I wish the original trilogy had just ended a little bit differently with that. But again, like all of the, the Luke and Vader stuff was amazing. Um, you know, this one, you could really tell this is where Harrison Ford was like, all right, I've been in, you know, one too many of these. I feel like it's time for me to go. Um, there's a lot of dialing it in on his end. Yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to put in the words. It's it's I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I like it, but it, it's not my favorite. Hope. Yeah. Rebellions are built on hope. But then you get you get stuff like Rogue One, which, again, is not a perfect film. But I really like the approach that it took to Star Wars. You know, it had this great visual quality to it, this great feel. Yeah, there were some Uncanny Valley moments, and there is that kind of degree of, did we actually need this? Did we need to see them steal the Death Star plans? But, you know, at the same time, it's still a fun kind of heist movie. Being able to see these very different characters come together and to you know, deal this blow to the Empire, even though it seems like they've done nothing, you know, being able to see, you know, really prominent, you know, Asian characters on screen like Jared and Baze, who are really awesome. Being able to see a different side of the Rebel Alliance, being able to see that they're willing to stoop to some really dirty tactics to get what they need to get done what they want to get done. I thought all of that stuff was was pretty interesting and pretty well realized and you know it it's one of the ones that I I really do love going back to and and watching over and over again. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. I think it has one of the best choices that I've ever seen in this in a Star Wars film, you know. Again, spoiler alert, but letting all your characters die at the end, you know, you've built these relationships maybe the characters haven't had the most character development because, like I mentioned before, all the books and comic books and everything like that that you're supposed to read to get all their backstories. But I, I thought it was a really compelling, a really interesting choice to do. And it, and it made their sacrifice seem all the more worth it once you go back and kind of watch the original Star Wars and thinking about all of the people that had to suffer in order to give the Rebel Alliance a shot at taking this thing down and and really what they were willing to do to make that happen. The galaxy is coming on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Finally, within that that kind of number three tied area, um, you know, I, I have the Force Awakens and... You know, I know a lot of people complain that this film is just a retread of the original Star Wars, but I think it serves as a little bit more than that. It serves as a way of kind of reintroducing Star Wars for a new generation, you know, taking the magic of kind of the original. And, and while it's Disneyfied in a certain way and, it, and it's got that kind of J.J. Abrams feel where it feels a little bit like some of the Star Trek Kelvin films and, you know, maybe it's a little jokier, a little punchier than than the original trilogy was and especially more than the prequels were. I, I still think it was a good shift in what Star Wars needs to be for a new generation. And I think their ability to bring new people in and to kind of start that idea of killing the past and, and changing the way that we think about Star Wars, I think there was a lot of good that this film did. 
and again like it's just it's a beautiful film to watch there's a number of different sequences in it that are really great um you know the fight with finn and ray and kylo towards the end it's great um seeing kylo stop that blaster bolt in the very beginning is still amazing finn's escape from the empire maz Kanata's castle and and the battle that happens there and and seeing the the force whispers as ray encounters you know anakin's lightsaber and all that there's just so many cool pieces to that and and i just like the idea of all right, we're bringing the lore to a whole new generation. And, you know, yes, the prequels did it, but this felt more, this felt more like the Star Wars that I had grown up watching. And I think that's probably why, you know, I rank this one a little bit higher. Use the force, Luke. Let go, Luke. The force is strong in this one. Luke, trust me. Getting to the getting to the end here, and you know, number two on my list is Star Wars, the original Star Wars, also known as Episode Four: A New Hope. It's the one that started all. It introduced us to Luke and Leia and Han and Chewie and Obi Wan and you know these space wizards and laser swords and space battles and the Death Star. And I loved this movie. You know, I. Growing up, I had the original trilogy on VHS, um, and I would just kind of re-watch these films over and over again, and I loved everything about them. I loved the use of miniatures, and I loved the costuming, and I loved the special effects, and, you know, all of that stuff about it. And, you know, as a way to kind of introduce you to monomythic storytelling and the hero's journey and everything like that, there are few better places to start. There was something that was so cool about this film. And yeah, there's certain elements that don't quite hold up. Like it's not that long of a movie, but it feels like it takes forever to kind of get through nowadays, uh, which I think is another reason why I like watching some of the newer ones. Um, you know, for the most part, some of them have a little bit better pacing, but there's just something about the magic that you can't, recapture with this one um this this film serving as you know an avenue to saving the universe from tyranny like for me like sure i watched gi joe and stuff like that growing up but this was the first film that like i really sat there and thought like all right like we can stand against the forces of evil we can stand against people that are trying to bend the universe to their will you know, when we don't have to take this stuff lying down. And, you know, there was some, there's this great kind of inspiration that came from this film, you know, and, and both in terms of storytelling and in terms of cinematography and, and actual film creation, it's just a, it's just a brilliant, brilliant piece of, of filmmaking. And I hope that one day the original trilogy gets re-released in its original state without all of the, you know, additions of the special edition, um, because, you know, this, the original version or, or at least the, the version that I had on VHS, uh, it, it made, you know, it's not, obviously it's not the original, original version. There was a little bit done to remaster that as well, but you know, it's just, I want to relive the film that I watched so many times as a kid. I can't. It's too big. Size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size. Do you? Hmm? And where you should not. 
for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings, though we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. Yeah, you guess it. Number one is Empire. I don't know if I really need to say too much about it. Um, for I know for most of you that are listening to this podcast, if you've listened this long, you knew it was coming. If you know me, you know I talk about Empire so lovingly. You know, just so much of this movie. It's it's the most memorable Star Wars film there is. You know, for me, so many iconic moments. Hoth is been Hoth has been recreated in just about every single Star Wars video game. You know, there obviously that's the hyperbole. You know, calm down. I know it's not in every single one. Don't you don't have to point out to me that oh, it wasn't in the Force Unleashed or something like that. But like that sequence is amazing. You know, taking down the Adats and. Um, you know, the snow speeders and the wampas and the snow troopers entering the base and, you know, protecting the shield generators and, you know, Han and Leia's journey trying to escape the Empire. The fact that, you know, Han was just trying to, to get off and, and get out of there, but kind of gets drawn back into it and introducing the bounty hunters and having them chase them down and Cloud City and meeting Lando and he's the coolest guy and even though now we know that he sleeps with droids, but whatever, that's that's his prerogative, that's his choice, you know. I hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, and Luke training with Yoda, Luke training with Yoda is like one of my favorite things of all time. Um, students that have worked with me, you know, people that have worked with me know that you know I quote, "Do or do not, there is no try." Any chance that I get, because that sequence that that whole thing everything that yoda taught luke just sticks with me and it was such kind of like a formative experience you know there's something so cool when you can walk away from a film you know even if it's something as silly as you know a little green goblin looking creature teaching this boy about the power that's within him you know when you're a kid that resonates so so much and to be able to kind of deal you know, to to be able to think about that and to be able to put that into perspective is it's I don't, I don't know. It's just it was something that was amazing. And it's something that I feel like the messaging of that film never was really touched by any of the other Star Wars films. You know, there's not really that moment where, you know, I've actually taken a lesson away from another one of these films uh, in quite the same way. You know, I, obviously, I just talked about some of the some of the great aspects of the original Star Wars and and there's there's a lot that I got out of that but you know that training sequence facing your own darkness and and you know knowing that you're ready not just kind of diving into things headlong headstrong you know I don't know there's just a lot of really brilliant stuff in that film and and I kind of come back to it all the time you know whenever I have a chance you know obviously it does run a bit long nowadays. There's some pacing stuff with it, but I still feel like it, it's it's one of the 
I, I still feel like it's one of the best films of all time. It's easily the best sequel of all time. I know it's the best Star Wars film of all time. And, you know, honestly, the Darth Vader reveal, it's been copied so many times. It's been remixed so many times, but it really just speaks to how amazing that moment was and, and how how so few things will ever really touch that moment. So yeah, that's my list. So Empire, number one, Star Wars, the original Star Wars, number two, three-way tie between The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Return of the Jedi for number three. At number six, we have Revenge of the Sith. Number seven, The Last Jedi. Eight, The Phantom Menace. Nine, Solo, A Star Wars Story. And 10, Dead Last, Attack of the Clones. So, do you agree with my list? Disagree with my list? Let me know. Uh, I want to hear from you. And if you want to hear me talk any more about any of these films, just let me know. Um, Star Wars is something that I can talk about probably all day long, all day, every day, at any time. Um, so if you want to hear more thoughts or you want to hear me go more in-depth into The Last Jedi or something like that, if you actually want to hear that, let me know. I might record an episode about it. Um, and as always, you know, if you are online, drop me a line at LarryTron on pretty much everything. Um, let me know, you know, are there things that you want me to check out, things that you think I should check out? I'm not going to check out everything. There's certain things that, you know, probably just aren't my cup of tea. I'll let you know. Um, in the upcoming weeks, there's a few things that I might uh, bring myself to talk about. I'm hopefully going to be seeing The Incredibles 2 soon. Uh, I just recently saw Hereditary, so I'm thinking about maybe discussing uh, my thoughts on horror films, even though I'm not a big horror buff, just, you know, what stuff can actually get me to go see a horror movie. And I don't know, uh, E3 just happened recently, so if you want to you wanna hear me talk about some of the video games that I'm most excited for, I can do that. Or if you want to just hear my thoughts in general on media, just let me know. Let me know what you're looking for, what you want to hear. As always, I'm your host, Larry. This has been another episode of LM2 Talks. Hope to hear from you all again soon. Peace.